Talk Recorded live. chat room tonight looks like we're short some folks i don't know what's going on with the internet or problems that's going on with some of the folks but anyway the word of god says where two or more are gathered together in my name there will i be in the midst also and they are definitely more than two or more so how you doing brother kevin i'm doing good brother Amen, brother. Amen. You know, it's kind of stupid, you know, for me to say that after we just got through talking, but that's for the downloaders. You know that, though. (laughs) Anyway, tonight, folks, we're going to be in John 14, pick up where we left off last night. But uh, before we get started in John chapter 14, um, I'm going to get Brother Kevin to open us in a word of prayer. Brother Kevin. Dear Lord, thank you for letting us gather here and hear your word this evening. And please God, Brother Don, as he goes over the scriptures with us, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, folks, I tell you what, we could we could start and continue on right where we left off last night, and everything would be wonderful. And... We may do it. I'm caught between what the old proverbial rock and a hard place in my spiritual mind. There are some verses in Isaiah, Zephaniah, Ezekiel, and some other obscure passages that I want to go over with you guys, and I and I'm just and I'm being torn about it. In other words, and then the, you know God's not the author of confusion and. Uh, and I'm not getting the go-ahead on it right this hour. I may later on in the program, I may just stop in the middle of what we're talking about and go to those obscure verses because they're really not obscure. They're obscure to most of the world and to most of the quote-unquote Christian world, especially to some of our persuasion. Oh, they don't have a clue what's going on there. But in, in anyway, um, just thought I'd bring that up. You guys be in prayer about that. While we start here in John, but um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there for you guys to pray about because I mentioned something about it the other night. Um, Brother Chad and them are not here, and there's one specifically that's waiting. Not, are you seeing the chat room yet, brother? Did they finally come in? No. Okay. Well, anyway, 
uh, I mentioned something the other night and took you to the book of Revelation and showed you about the protection from the indignation that was coming upon the earth, the promise of um, protection from some of the uh, some of the bad stuff that's coming later on in the future. And I wanted to take you all tonight and show you more places where those promises are at. They're obscure in the Old Testament. They they uh, most folks don't even know they're there. But uh, if the Lord lets me go along with it, I, I'll, I'll stop and we'll go over them tonight. But don't know if he is or not. Anyway, John chapter 14, Brother Kevin, if you would, um, just start in verse 13, brother. And we'll we'll go over a little bit what we went over last night and continue on down. We'll probably get into chapter 15 tonight as well. Go ahead, brother. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay. Last night I took you to First uh, John chapter 5, and we went over the one of the very specific commandments that John explains to us, same when it wrote this book about how about prayer being answered. How the Lord says here, if anybody asks anything in my name, it'll be done. And we went over to First John chapter five, and I quoted the verse and had Brother Dave read it to you. If any, if if you or I asked anything that is the Father's perfect, you see, you got to understand. And I didn't mention this last night. And, Brother Kevin, while I'm talking, I want you to turn to uh, Romans chapter 12 while I'm talking, brother. And I'm going to show them what I'm talking about, okay? So, <clears throat> the will of God, it says, and this is the confidence, in 1 John 5, and this is the, verse 16, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, okay? If, we, if it's according to his will. And if we know he heareth us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition we desire of him. Well, his will is one problem you have. Second problem is there's more than one will of God. There's the perfect will of God. It, there is the permissive will of God. Okay? The perfect will of God and the permissive will of God, and the direct will of God. There's three different wills of God. We're fixing to go through those. They're worded differently, but Paul makes mention of them in Romans chapter 12. And, Brother Kevin, if you would, just start reading it, verse 1, and I'll bring it to everybody's attention when you get to it. It'll probably be in, I think it's in verse 3 or 4. But go ahead and start reading, brother. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, ye... now watch this close, folks. There's three different wills right here in this verse. Go ahead, brother. That ye may prove what is... That good and That's acceptable. one. That's one. The acceptable is two. Go ahead, brother. And perfect will of God. Bingo. Now, 
Did you folks know that? There's three wills of God in one verse. See, God, a lot of times, that prayer promise is for the perfect will of God. Specifically for the perfect will of God. That's the mind of the Father, the mind of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the perfect will. But there's permissive will. God allows you to do all kinds of stuff by his permissive will. And there's a good will of God, but it's not the purpose. Of, it can be the good will of God or the permissive will of God and not be the perfect will of God. See, the perfect will of God is that you completely become to the, conform to the image of his son, that you never sin tomorrow and the next five minutes that you're sinless from this moment forward. That's the perfect will of God. That you completely mortify the flesh, that you, you reckon yourself dead, that you always put others before yourself, that you follow the New, Testa- New Testament commandments, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Despise not prophesying, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. For this is the will of God, that you abstain from fornication. That's not just race mixing, that's illicit sex. That's even thinking about illicit sex, see? See what I'm saying? There's three wills of the Father. One is good, one's permissive, and one is absolute, the perfect will or the directive will of God. That's the problems we run into in prayer. A lot of times we pray and the Lord answers our prayer and oh, glory to God, hallelujah. And then we go and we pray for something. I've been praying for certain things for years. And the Lord still hadn't answered the prayer. There's a brother out there, not going to call no names, and his wife left him. And this brother is a very astute Bible scholar, written books, Loves the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows his Bible pretty well. Not Like I said, I'm not going to call no names. Some of you might know him. Some of you might not have a clue. But he still thinks that he can pray his wife back, even though she's been married twice since she left, and married again. she's married now, and still thinks he can pray her back. You know, more power to him. You know, number one, it would be wrong for him to take her back. <laughs> He's forgotten that part of the scripture, but uh, and and he and he just absolutely believes it beyond any shade. He thinks by believing it, he can believe it into existence or believe it into reality. Folks, it don't make no difference if it's not the will of God, the perfect will of God. There's no guarantee. Now, by God's permissive will. He, he 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 may let something flip flop around, and she may come flying back. And then he'll be in worse shape than he is now. See, you never know. Some things that we think are blessings sometimes wind up being curses. Now, I just wanted to bring up that about this prayer promise again. I didn't go into it in detail last night, and I wanted to hit on it tonight about the three wills of God. So, and what what a lot of those false teachers and prophets and preachers and whatever you want to call them, those charlatans out there, the wolves in sheep's clothing, be the blowing smoke. You didn't get it answered because you didn't believe. You didn't have enough faith. That's a crock, okay? 
The Father, if you pray something that's according to his perfect will, he promises you he'll answer, and he will. He's never failed. He's not a God that he should lie or a son of man that he should repent, okay? Has he not said, and will he not do it? Of course he will. But see, there's caveats. Now, if a person doesn't know the word of God, they don't understand the caveats. They don't understand the rest of the word of God that, that, may, that, may, that clarifies what seems to be ambiguous, contradicting scriptures. And that's the reason you have a lot of charlatans out there that's claiming the name pastor or claiming the name teacher, and they're no more a pastor or teacher than Kevin's dogs are. And, that, and that's being charitable. Number one, you can't be a te- you should not be a teacher. It's not for novices. Teaching and pastoring is not for novices. That's not part. The requirements is not a novice in the qualifications for a pastor teacher. Not a novice. Okay. And you can't unless you, you nobody will ever master the word. I'm still I'm still a student of the scriptures myself. Okay, but I'm not a novice. And it'd been many years past through much trial and tribulation. Okay, a lot of the way I teach and everything is because of experience in my own life. That's the reason Paul, in the qualification, said not a novice. But you've got people out there that are novices. They learn a couple of subjects from the Word of God, maybe like the Anglo-Israel truth, and then that, and they call themselves pastors, and they call themselves teachers, and they're nothing. To even, they don't even they don't even meet the qualifications whatsoever. Anyway, back to John, brother Kevin. Go ahead. And I'll. <clears throat> And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Okay. Another capital C comforter, and he will abide with you forever. The Lord's fixing to say that he was comforting. But then he, but he's just now told you here in verse 16, he's going to send another comforter. We're going to learn about that as we continue on down. It says, he will abide with you Forever, real quick, brother Kevin, turn to Ephesians chapter four and read verse thirty. Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty, because he's he's talking about the Holy Ghost, folks. Okay, we're gonna get into that a little bit deeper as we go on down here. But in Ephesians four thirty, here it says he'll abide forever, and let's see what he does for his believers forever in. Ephesians 4, verse 30. For his, for his elect. Go ahead, brother. Real quick, David logged in. He's probably fixing the call in as well. Okay. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Okay. That comforter, that Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, not only does he, number one, is he a comforter. Number two, he baptizes you into the body of Christ. By one spirit, capital S, are we all baptized into one body. That's the believing, that's the believing baptism. That's the spirit baptism. 
the Spirit of God circumcises as well, the circumcision made without hands, Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. Okay, the circumcision of the soul and spirit from the body that Brother Don has taught, that I teach ad nauseum in Romans chapter 7. And in Ephesians 4.30, he tells you that it seals you to the day of redemption. That sealing of the spirit, it seals you to the day of redemption. Can't nothing break through that eternal spirit to get to the soul and spirit, folks. The Holy Ghost has got it guarded. That's the different, that, that thin veil, that invisible veil of the Holy Ghost in the flesh, between the flesh and the soul and spirit, is what seals you to the day of redemption. That's the difference between the old outward man and the new inward man. What separates those two? The Holy Ghost of God, the Comforter, that will abide with the elect believers forever. It wasn't present, and the Holy Ghost has always been around. He was in the Old Testament, David, but, but in the Old Testament, he acted, did, did the workings of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament was different than it is in the New Testament. There was no sealing of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament to the day of redemption. David was so worried about it that he asked the Lord in Psalms 51 Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Well, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit abides with the believing elect forever. Cannot be taken away because of the, pro the new covenant promise of God. See? See the difference? David says, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Well, in the New Testament, he promised he ain't going nowhere forever. And that's one of the differences from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, okay? In the Old Covenant, the Holy Ghost came upon Saul and left Saul. And David would come play his harp, and the demons would take over the place of the Holy Spirit, and David would come play with his harp, and then the, the evil spirits would leave Saul, and the Holy Spirit would come back. Leaving and coming, leaving and coming, leaving and coming. But finally, the last mention of the Holy Ghost coming around, saw, he left and never came back. The Holy Ghost never came back to Saul. And Saul wound up a demon-possessed suicide, fell on his own sword. Now, why don't they all tell you that stuff out there in the quote-unquote teaching world? Why don't they tell you the truth? Why don't they tell you that stuff? Why don't they show you the difference between the working of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament under New Covenant promises and the Old Covenant and the Old Covenant promises? Well, they don't tell you because they don't know. You there, Brother David? Yes, I'm here. Okay, praise the Lord. Was worried about you, brother. <laughs> Is everything okay? Everything's absolutely okay. I I was just fasting and I was doing a couple little chores, and I thought, I, you know, I didn't realize the time at all. And, and all of a sudden, my daughter said to me, "Do you know? Uh, do you have a show tonight?" I said, "Yeah, I do." And I looked at the time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, brother. 
Glad you could be all the brother. toxins coming out in my system because of my my mind was cloudy or something. Ah, that's okay, brother. I, we was just worried about you because Brother David ain't never later. Don't never show up without letting us know. I, that's all. Yes. I was afraid for Laura. I didn't know what had happened. You know, we were just concerned, brother. That's all. I'm glad well, you're thank here, you brother. For it, but I'm good, yes. Sorry. Amen. That's okay, brother. No apologies necessary. Okay, brother Kevin. Brother Dave can take over from here. Thanks, Kevin. Good job, brother. Okay, brother Dave. I was just explaining the different workings of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament from the New Testament. And um, I've done went through it once. You, I guess you heard what I said, right? Yes. Okay. So, okay. Well, I was explaining how in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit abides forever, and he seals to the day of redemption. Amen. Forever. In the yes. Old Covenant, David, in Psalm 51, was to even pray, the Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And the, the, yes. uh, the workings of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament was new, was different than it is in the New. Yes. The Old Testament, the Holy Ghost came upon Saul, left Saul. Came back upon yes. Saul, left Saul, and never came back again. In the New Covenant, it's not that way because it's one of the promises we have under the New Covenant that they didn't have in the Old. And sealed to the day of redemption means exactly what it says. Sealed to the day of redemption. Yeah. And I explained also, Colossians 2, 11, the, new, the Holy Ghost does the circumcision made without hands, the putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. That's Colossians 2, 11. Yeah. That's what separates yeah. the soul and spirit from the... From the flesh, it separates the inward man from the outward man. All that stuff is just is just clear as crystal water once you see the scriptures and put them together. Anyway, brother, verse 17, Brother Dave, chapter 14. John, okay. Unless you've got something you want to add on to it. No, that's good. I'm just jumping in here. Okay, brother. Okay, John chapter 14, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Ah, see, there you go. He dwelleth with you. He dwelt with them in the old covenant. But after the resurrection, and after the new birth, he dwells in you, see. And he's the teacher. He's the spirit of truth. All right? He leads and guides you, we're going to find out, into all truth. He's the teacher. When you hear me and Brother Dave talking about the spirit being the teacher, the spirit, this is what we're talking about. Amen, Brother Dave? Yes, absolutely. Verse 18, brother. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. The day that the Lord Jesus Christ dies is the day that it's Katie barred the doors for you and I. If so, be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. As long as our Savior lives, we live. And he lives forever because he's God manifest in the flesh. Therefore, we live forever. Can you wrap your mind around that, folks? Can you wrap your mind around that promise? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You remember that song, Brother Dave? Yes, I do. It's a good one. Yes, it is. 
Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he owes the future. Anyway, y'all don't want to hear me singing. Verse 20, brother. Okay. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Bingo. Now here we understand Paul's teachings. Here we understand how Paul got the inside skibby on this Christ in you, the hope of glory, that all those people out there still, I say all, not all, not all. I come from a bunch that understands it completely. But this was the, the personal teaching to the apostle Paul explained this Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the reason he said in 2 Corinthians 15, 5, that 13, 5, excuse me, there's not 15 chapters, don't think, in 2 Corinthians. Anyway, 13, 5, no, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. See, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Without Jesus Christ, he, he dwells within our hearts, along with God the Father. Know ye not, your, temp, your body is the temple of God. See? See what I'm saying? That in you, it, it's, it's personal now. It's the relationship now, folks. It's the intimacy of the bride and the bridegroom. It, this, this verse 20 is the institution of the intimacy of the relationship. Divorces religion completely. This is the institution right here of the relationship intimacy of the bride and the body of Christ. And like, I, like I've said many times, ours is a relationship. The rest of the world goes on religion. We are based in relationship with the Savior. Once you grasp, once that is settled in your heart, then every detail of your life, everything you think about, what you think about, when you take the time, when you put forth the effort in your heart, that relationship can either do one of two things. It can be like you can you can use a worldly illustration of your wife if you're a man or your husband if you're a woman. How you deal in that relationship determines the feelings in that relationship. I've dreamed about it for four, going on four years. There is no difference, folks. There is no difference. Paul gives you a whole half of a chapter in Ephesians 5 about it. I speak concerning Christ in the church. This is a great mystery. This is the intimacy that nobody out there. No, when I say I'm talking about the persuasions and some of the folks that you, that you folks. Well, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to go there. But anyway, they don't give you this intimacy. Intimacy talk. It's not about relationship. It's not about. It's about the other R word. It's all about race. I'm telling you, it's about relationship between you and the one that loved you and gave himself for you. Without that intimacy, there is no relationship. 
and you have to work at it. You have to keep you have to work at keeping that first love. Continue on, Brother Dave. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You see the intimacy of those verse twenty and twenty one folks. Read verse twenty and twenty one again, brother, and let the, let them let y'all you folks close your eyes and listen to Brother Dave read this slowly, and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Okay, go ahead, Brother Dave. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. How would you like it, husbands, if you, in a loving way, told your wife, do not do so and so. Do not, let's just, let's just get down to the nitty gritty. Please don't cook chicken tonight. And... She cooks chicken tonight. That's just a simple thing. Just, just think simple, see? And then you can e- extrapolate and expand it out into other things. Or please don't hang around with that person because they're bad news. Uh, I think that that other guy is making eyes at you. And then your wife, the next time you see her, she's kind of looking over her shoulder at this person you told her not to look at. How would you feel? Hmm? See what I mean? That's how intimate this is, see? And you expect him to answer your prayers when you're whoring around with the world? When the book plainly says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world? You see what I'm saying? I don't have to scream this out. No need to scream. Sister Sue, I'm being very calm. Not yelling. Wonder if he says, don't have anything to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. And that's what you spend two or three hours doing is messing around with the unfruitful works of darkness. Reckon it makes him happy? Reckon that makes the relationship grow or drives a wedge in the relationship. Hmm? See what I mean? No need to scream and yell. Whoever's listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. Brother Dave, real quick, turn to 1 John chapter 1. Okay. And just read the whole chapter. And this is all about fellowship, folks. This has got nothing to do with salvation. This has got to do with fellowship between you and the Father manifest in the flesh. First John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. 
capital W. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and shew unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, Fellowship. Fellowship. That's just what I want to get into here. Fellowship. Relationship. Fellowship. Relationship. Think those words as Brother Dave is reading. Go ahead, Brother. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from All unrighteousness. It's just like this. Husband-wife relationship. Honey, I messed up. Forgive me. Forgive me. I I, I won't do that anymore. See, we're down on on the, the deep spiritual level. That's the stuff we're talking about now. Lord Jesus, I let that wicked stuff enter my eyes and into my heart. I said those wicked things. Please forgive me. You've given me strength, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in me, and you in me, and I in you, I'm going to try my best not to do that anymore. Say repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, folks. Confession. Continue, Brother Dave. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. End of chapter. Amen. Back to John. The other John. That was Mm -hmm. 1 John chapter 1, folks. Okay. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, He will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. See how many times the Lord has used the word love, love, in you, in you, love, keep my commandments. He that loveth me, keep my commandments. He that loveth me, loveth me. You see what I'm saying, folks? It's intimate. It's intimate. This has got, got nothing to do with thou shalt not and thou shalt not. I know it's love, folks. It's love. 
got nothing to do. It's the law. It's the law of liberty, as Brother James says. It's called the law of Christ by the Apostle Paul. It's a love relationship. It's not a religion. Contrary to percent of everybody out there that teaches the Anglo-Israel truth in any shape, fashion, or form. Okay? It's relationship. There is no slavery. There is no bondage to it. It's the perfect law of liberty. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. And no, and there's no um, for his elect and his lover, the bride. There is no condemn. There is no warning and danger of hell, fire, and damnation. Turn to Ephesians five while I'm talking, brother. Yes. There is no condemnation to the bride of I'm going to get rid of this bride and marry another and send that one to hell. There's none of that. But there is another dire warning that you better take heed to that Brother Don does scream about all the time because it's so important and nobody else is telling you about this stuff. It's about your inheritance. That's why we're always running off to Second Timothy 2. And that, but now we're going to Ephesians 5, and we're going to find out some things that will cause you to be stripped of your inheritance. Start reading at verse 1, brother. Ephesians 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. See that love? See, see, folks, context. See that precept? See that love, love, love. Go ahead, brother. And hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be once named among you. Do you folks know? Do you know, folks know what covetous means? You want to tell them what it means, brother David? It's desiring something that belongs to someone else. Desiring something you don't need. Something you don't need. Yes. Continue on. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. That's pretty harsh, isn't it, folks? Go, go, fly, go just stroll down the aisles at Slave Mart and watch the covetousness rise its ugly head. Turn on the television and watch covetousness broadcast itself into your eyes. Hmm? You see what I mean? Because if you offend in one principle of what's written in your heart. You're guilty of all, folks. See, that's not that's not Brother Don's opinion. That's what the Lord Jesus said. Continue on, Brother David. You folks listen to this very carefully. Go ahead. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting. Oh, are... my goodness. 
Oh, if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. Amen, Lord. I'm guilty. I know I have to stay. I have to I stay on the repentant side all the time on a lot of this stuff. How about you guys? Do you keep the relationship on speaking terms with your husband? Hmm. Do you? Or is the cares of this world take it away and make you forget? Watch it close now. Continue, brother. Which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Do you see that, folks? No inheritance. Did you see what was above that? Do you know what an idol is? It's something you put ahead of the Father and the Son. Anything. Got nothing to do with a wooden statue. Bless your catholic. It's whatever, anything you put in the preeminent position, whatever you spend the most on, time, money, doesn't matter, folks. That's idolatry. Guess what? Unless it's taken, unless you get taken, get it taken care of, and make that turnaround of repentance and start to purge yourself of that. Second Timothy two. There will be no inheritance for you or I if we don't listen to what he's saying. If you love me, he said back here in John, you will keep my commandments. Didn't say a word about losing any salvation at all, did he, Brother David? No, he didn't. Thank you, Brother. Go back to John now. Okay. That's how deathly important the judgment seat of Christ is going to be, folks. That's how deadly serious it is. I mentioned it last last night, just in passing. And I mention it all the time. Why do I ad nauseum mention it? Because that's how important it really is. That's how important it really is. And it's not going to be a slap on the wrist. It's going to be fiery indignation. Because you're expected to be a cut above the rest. The bride is always expected to be a cut above the rest. The elect of God, the ones with the special privileges, the eternal security, the sanctification, the justification, the expiation, the the air propitiation, all the I-O-N words, the predestination. You're supposed to be a cut above all the rest. And to whom much is given, much is required. Doing despite to the grace of God is not going to be a fun thing. You see, walking in the Spirit and taking advantage of grace to gratify yourself, doesn't the Father does not look upon that with a smile. 
Our Lord Jesus is not happy with that at all. Brother, real quick, go to Hebrews and where it talks about doing despite to the grace of God and just let them hear where the Lord, what the Lord has to say about that, the fiery indignation of the Father. I think it's at the end of chapter 10, chapter 11, or chapter 12. It's, one, it's at the end of one of those chapters. The last five or six okay. or seven verses of one of those chapters, I can't remember exactly which verse it is. You can type it into your concordance psalm. Doing despite to the grace of God, and it'll pull you'll pull it up. Hebrews ten seven, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Mm-hmm. Do any did that? Don't it talk about doing despite to the grace of God there? Well, I'm just going to it now. Yes. Okay, read it to them. Let them, and this is the Lord, that folks. This is what He's doing. He's telling you about the adversaries, about that fiery indignation, but he's also warning the elect about doing despite and doing injustice to the grace that he's so wonderfully and marvelously given you and saved your soul by unmerited favor, okay? And by the faith of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. And he's comparing the fiery indignation that's going to happen to the adversaries to the shame and everlasting contempt we read about in Daniel 12. And it talks about in 1 Corinthians 3 and Revelation 3 and later on in Revelation 14. That's what he's talking about. Go ahead and read it, Brother Dave. Read it for him. Hebrews 10.26, for if... We sin willfully. After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And the reason there's no more sacrifice is because Christ made one sacrifice for sin forever. Continue on, brother. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. You see, the adversaries get devoured. In 1 Corinthians 3, it says that the ones that will suffer loss, but will still be saved, yet so as by fire, see? See, Brother Dummy telling you folks the God's honest truth about this from the very get-go. If you hadn't studied it out, that's not my problem. All I can do is tell you the truth. Whether you believe it or not, you'll find out. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Okay. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much more, excuse me, of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be that thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Folks, have you, do you understand what he is saying? Now do you understand when I'm always, I'm at a loss for words because I'm just an old southern country idiot that I can't articulate and be as eloquent as I should be when I'm trying to tell you that when it talks about that shame and that nakedness and all of that that fiery indignation, 
Folks, I don't even know the words. I don't even know if there's any in the English language that could be used to warn you. Got nothing to do with losing your salvation, folks. Not a thing in the world. Not a thing in the world, because you were chosen from the foundation of the world. It's got to do with your inheritance and rewards. You're warned over and over again to do such and such that you receive a full reward. Let no man take thy crown. I can go on and on and on. And you just kick back in your easy chair and turn on channel 13, okay? And I always bring this back to a television because that's what happens to a lot of people. Or you just turn off the lights and click on some ungodliness on the computer. It's not just one book that's going to be laid out, folks. Or have you not checked the book was opened and the other books were opened? Okay? And the only reason I warn you, I when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to my own self. And warning my own self. And knowing my own self that what I'm telling you is just as true as John 3.16. Back to John, brother. Okay. Verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And he does it continuously to those that have hid the word of God in their heart. I didn't say the law written in your heart. I said that they have hid the word of God in your heart. So when you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. You may not even know that. You know, there's a verse of Scripture. There's a passage where it talks about being brought before councils, and it says not to take any heed what you what you shall say in that day. Yes. Folks, you ever stop to think about that? You think he's blowing smoke? <laughs> Wonder if you had never hid it in your heart and took the time for the Holy Ghost to be the one to speak through, through you and bring this verse right here into remembrance. Now, do you understand why David said what he did in Psalms 119.11 and why Brother Don almost got in on my proverbial allegorical knees the other night trying to tell you about 15 minutes, 30 minutes? you understand now? I love you. I want you to be the best of the best. I want you to stand leaps and bounds and lengths ahead of everybody else that calls themselves a Christian or calls themselves a Christian Israelite. Continue, Brother Dave. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and come again unto you. If you loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. Okay, and all the demons of hell is fixing to plock in to that one spot on Golgotha, and in Gethsemane. That's going to be right around when that, that an agony takes place in the Garden of Gethsemane. If there would have been any other way, folks, if there would have been any other way to redeem you, the Lord would have done it. But there was no other way. That's the reason the Lord said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But it wasn't possible, folks. He had to become every sin that you have ever committed, ever thought about committing, or ever will commit. Every sin I've ever thought about, ever done, or ever will do. He had to be every sin. He took on every sin that Jeffrey Dahmer ever committed, that Ted Bundy ever committed, that Charlie Manson ever committed, that Joe Stalin ever committed that Eisenhower ever committed, ever thought about committing. He had to become sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. I am in him. Is that clear, Brother David? Yes, it is, very. Verse 31, brother, and we'll close for tonight. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Chapter 15, he is going to be fantastic as well, folks. He's going to talking about abiding in him and he abiding in us. It's just fantastic. He's the vine, the true vine. It's going to be great. But we're going to go ahead and stop here for tonight. Being a Monday night, people got to work tomorrow and everything. Brother Dave, you got anything you want to add to what I've said? Uh, no. no I don't. Brother Kevin, is there any questions in the chat room? No, sir. Okay. If there's no questions in the chat room, Brother Dave, you don't have anything to add, I'll go ahead and ask you right now. Is there any latest news from about Sister Laura? No. No, I didn't receive any news. Okay. Everyone, um, go ahead, Brother. You can just briefly pray for me if you want. Like um, around uh, 1.30 at night last night, I got this terrible pain where your gallbladder is. Yes. And... Um, I had come across information through Brother Gregory Williams and before, and there's a book out there um, 
cleansing or surgery. And there's a good article and actually a website by that name. And I had referred some people before about this cleanse and it worked. And they and they were scheduled for surgery. And the one person the day before that the stones came out. It takes four days. So I'm on that fast okay, to try and get rid of this because I believe it's a... Okay. All you downloaders and everybody in the chat room, please remember Brother David as you pray. Remember his sister, Sister Laura. Please, if you if you know anything about sacrificial fasting at all, how about fasting a day for, for Sister Laura and Brother David? Well, I would appreciate that very much. I intend, I intend to do it myself, Brother. I've already spent two days earlier on Sister Laura. I'm going to spend two more, okay, and for you as well. All right? Well, thank you. Yeah, well, absolutely, Brother. You don't have to thank me. You're my brother in Christ, and I love you. Brother, if you would, go ahead and dismiss us in prayer. And, folks, um, the song I'm going to play at the end is Walking in the Spirit. And you listen to the words, you'll understand about what Brother Donald's talking about tonight, okay? It's about grace and walking in the Spirit. But go ahead, Brother Dave, with the contact information and dismiss us in a word of prayer, please. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give thanks for this evening. We thank you for your Holy Spirit dealing with us with kindness, with gentleness, with love and sternness, and with reality, with a, sh a wake-up call for us. And, and, and we give thanks for that. And we ask that it would continue throughout this evening and throughout this week that the Holy Spirit would continue to deal with us in this manner, that we might bring praise and honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and joy and happiness to the Father in the way that we conduct our lives. Yes, Lord. And Father, I, I pray for my sister, Laura. Yes. I pray that you would give her an absolute and utter, total, miraculous healing, a restoration of all the organs that are damaged, and a, a restoration, more importantly, with fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ and with you, Father, and with the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, tonight I, I just pray for Pastor Don that you would continue to bless him and work in his life and, and reveal truths to him and help him to convey these truths to us and help us to hide the Word of God in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Yes, and, Lord, I give thanks for all those that pray for me and for my sister that they would receive many blessings in their life in the area of their needs. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus, to his glory. So be it. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen brother. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. The email address is joydon1953 at yahoo. Dot com. The address is 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good job, Brother Dave. God bless you, man. And um, any news, let me know if you can, brother, if there's anything, clips or breaks, okay?
Yes, certainly hey, will. Hey, Amen. Good job, Brother Kevin. Appreciate you filling in for Brother Dave while he's gone. God bless yes, thanks, Kevin. God bless each and every one of you in the chat room. I love you guys. And Lord willing and health permitting, we'll see you guys this coming Friday night. Good night, Brother Dave. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, all. Thank you.